0: Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 11 this morning. Glad to see you all. And again, if you're a guest of our church, thank you for coming along. Appreciate our church family being faithful, coming along on Resurrection Sunday. And hope you've been thinking much about the Lord Jesus and all that he's done for us during this time. And wanted to just greet the church on behalf of our missionary, Brother Alex. Um, Holloway just uh, sent me a text this morning saying that he's arrived over in uh, Misiones and so just wanted me to greet the church. Just pray for him. He uh, arrived and unfortunately one of his bags hasn't arrived still yet so just pray for that that'll come through and um, Danny was just saying he's tracking through. It's, he doesn't know where it is. No one knows where it is so um, just pray for that that it'll arrive. He's only got uh, one bag and that arrived late uh, already via Los Angeles wasn't it? So it's made its uh, rounds, but just uh, pray for him as he uh, just continues the work there in uh, that region of Argentina. And um, this morning we're going to just look at a story that perhaps is is familiar, and you know probably many many others today will will open uh, at the account of the resurrection. But I wanted to just bring a thought this this morning uh, from this familiar story of Lazarus, and we read there in John chapter 11. Verses twenty to twenty-seven, and thankfully Siri didn't uh, chime along as well too much. But um, glad to be glad to just be able to see the the story here, and, and really this morning as a as Christians, our faith is based on the gospel, right? And the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And although we see this is a solid foundation of which we can build our lives in all actual fact, the power and impetus of going forward in the Christian life is really found in the resurrection. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is, a, is proof of Jesus' divine attributes. It's a critical point of hope for a Christian. And the resurrection was a truth that emboldened the first century church to move the gospel forward into the uttermost. And this morning, really, as Aussies were recipients of that because of the courage of those that were emboldened by the resurrection, and here in our Bible today we read the account of Jesus responding to really an issue at hand and he wanted to uh, wanted to assure them of who he was and we'll see that in this response what that meant but he he really was responding to something and this is the 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 stunning response that he makes in verse 25 he just simply says I am the resurrection and the life he he in in recognizing Martha's condition, in, in recognizing the, the fact that Lazarus was now dead, he says to those who were who had lost a lot of hope, simply this state, this statement, I am the resurrection and the life. We see here that Jesus was not simply predicting that he would rise again, but indeed he was the resurrection and the life. He was the bringer, bringer of life and the restorer of life. And the question that Jesus then asks of Martha is one that is pertinent to you and I today in verse 26. He just simply says, believest thou this? And this morning, I want to ask you that question. And that's a question for you and I to consider this morning. Believest thou this? And do you believe in Jesus's claim? Do you believe that Jesus is a resurrection and the life? You know, sometimes we can define season like this in different ways. Was chatting with uh, with with my son Malachi, and I was asking him, "Hey, one day, are you looking forward to getting married?" It's uh, you know he's turning ten. I thought well, maybe I should start to prepare him for that. And I asked him, "Well, are you looking forward to getting married?" And he said, "Yes, yes, I am." He says, "I can't wait to have movie nights and snacks every night," and that's just how he defined marriage. Maybe we need to start redefine it for him. But you know, sometimes we can define. The, the different even messages of, of, uh, of the Christian faith in different ways. And certainly, Easter has transformed into different things that people think about. But I want you to know that really this morning, when we think about the message of Easter, it really is centered on the fact that the Lord Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He, he's the bringer of life and the restorer of life. And we're going to see in this amazing account in John chapter 11, really, the, the fact that he just has, has absolute control over that. That he wasn't he wasn't limited in his power over that. In fact, he embraced it and that he showed, as he uh, we see later on, that he was going to overcome that. And we're going to see that this is firstly a response to, uh, to, to Martha's condition. This was a response to Martha's condi- condition. And no doubt, as we read there, we can empathize a little bit with Martha. Uh, the 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 reality was that he she had come to Jesus in a place of sorrow. She she was she was uh, at the end of herself in the sense of this was not something that she could easily control. This was not something that she could control at all. In fact, the situation was that her brother had just died. No, no one uh, really was was dearer to them than the Lord Jesus and. We see this in verses 32 to, 20, uh, to 36. Go, go forward there in our chapter. Notice, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. You know, the, the, this family, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. This was the, the, the family in Bethany that the Lord Jesus so often went to and He was, he was a, a, often a visitor there and often would lodge at their place and He was quite familiar to them. And, and he, he was one that was, uh, was, had demonstrated to them that He his, had power and he, he was that great Christ that they looked forward to. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping in verse 33, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And said, "Where have ye laid him?" And they said unto him, "Lord, come and see." And if you were looking for a memory verse, this would be a good one. John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible is probably the, one of the most, uh, most endearing, most poignant, and most most humanizing of the Lord Jesus as he considered the the, the this condition that uh, these dear ones were in. They were grieving. They were sad. Why death had dawned upon them. And simply this, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And when we observe here, what we observe here was Martha's condition. And really, her condition is one of, of one that's typical to humanity. See, she was limited in her dealing with death. She, she knew that she was limited in, in the way that she could deal with it, in the way that she could stop it even. And, you know, we have in our world today, we've just gone through all of the 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 pandemic and all of the hysteria that is involved with that and everything else, but the reality was people did die, people did go through a, a whole heap of suffering and really they couldn't stop it. You see, today uh, we have a, a world where warfare is is quite the norm in the sense of we see it day to day in the media and so forth, and we see the concerns of that and the implications of that and all of that that that's coming uh, to place, and and yet. If you had friends on the ground there, you'd understand that the the threat of death is very real each day. You know, we do a lot in the West to sort of try to mask the reality of it. We have multi-million, multi-billion dollar industries that develop certain medicines and develop certain ways to diet, ways to keep fit, and we do all of that. Why? Because we understand that there's this human condition that we just are limited in our ability to Uh, to to stop our ability to even understand, and it's this thing called death. She was limited in her dealing with death, and death had touched her life. Like it does with so many of us, and no doubt all of us here would would know and would know someone who even recently and even in in times and months and years past, perhaps yourself, you've lost a loved one. We, many years ago, my first mission trip was over to... Uh, to Thailand and Phuket, and right over there, it was just—I think it was about a year or two after the devastation of the tsunami. And every person we met, as we went around and we were talking with people, every person we spoke to had lost someone. And what I'm trying to say is that that Martha really had had no way to deal with this. She didn't understand that this condition that had gripped her heart of sorrow was. Uh, not an ending when it comes to God you see Jesus's presence was was sought why so she could find comfort and she she found comfort in her bereavement right there and her, her tone of questioning seemed to indicate that she felt like Jesus was too late because she was thinking in from a human point of view well it's it is too late I'm powerless this has come like to like to me like to so many others that I know to so many others that are, have gone before and And she seemed to indicate that she felt that Jesus was too late. She was powerless over death. And yet what we know is Jesus was not too late. He he would demonstrate that this later in his own resurrection. and, And yet also in her condition, she was limited in her understanding. Go back to verses 21 to 22. Notice here. Again, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord... If thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. She was limited in her understanding. She didn't know Jesus' intent in all of this. He, she didn't fully comprehend Jesus' power. She was looking at Jesus just for comfort. And yet she didn't understand that Jesus was the very answer to her very need. And there she was in her lack of understanding, asking Jesus these questions. But it, at the end, she was limited in her faith. Because in verses 23 to 24, notice that Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And, and she didn't quite fully comprehend who she was speaking to here, the Lord Jesus, the Lord of life himself. And right there, she understood some things. So I understood that one day there will be a resurrection in the last day, but she didn't understand that what Jesus was meaning was He could solve the problem right now. He could meet her at her very condition right now, and Martha only understood the truth of the resurrection in generality. But she didn't understand that the one who could raise the dead could raise the dead at any time. And sometimes we we generalize, I think, precious truths that should empower us and give us hope. I heard about a poor farming family and in the south of France, and the, the couple had framed a check for a thousand francs. And they just had framed it, they, ad, they admired it, but didn't use it. And sometimes we admire truths in the Bible, but we don't live in that present hope. We don't live in the reality of it, and sometimes the thing that we so need is presented before us, but we can admire it, but it, it, it may not be a precious thing that we use every day. And she was limited in her faith, and Jesus' response to her was to point to who He was. You know, He wasn't simply one whom asked the Father, Hey, listen, church, He was God. He is God. And He he says this, look at John chapter 10, the previous chapter. Look at verses 33 to 42. He says in verse 30, I and my Father are one. And the response to that, in the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that, that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, is, not, is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If ye called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him, whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. So even at that time they where many were questioning the validity of Jesus' claims. All of the things that he said were, seemed to be so out of this world, so, so brazen that they didn't quite understand who he was. And yet, here, here are those that, that knew him. Here are those that were with him. And even there, there was a sense that he needed to point out who he was. And for who else, think about it this with me this morning, has power over life and death except God himself? No, no one else, you know, you could go around and doctors can give you estimates, they can give you measurements, and you, they can give you di- diagnostics and diagnoses all over the place, but at the end of the day, our lives are in God's hands. And by and large, as we think about the, the reality of Martha's condition, we understand that's a human condition too. We face the reality of death. In fact, the Bible tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, a judgment, no, no man escapes death. All here are touched by it, and all at one point in our lives were appointed to it. And that was Martha's condition. That was Martha's conundrum as she thought about her brother and all that was happening in her life. But actually, in all reality, this response of Jesus was a response to Lazarus's circumstance. You know, the the reason why Martha and Mary went to him was that he was sick, and then while he delayed, he had died. And this was really Lazarus' circumstance. The original issue was that Lazarus was dying, and now he was actually dead. You know, seemingly the response of Jesus was inadequate because Lazarus was already dead. Lazarus was well and truly uh, dead, a circumstance we all face. In fact, later on, as they they took him to the tomb, they said to him, Lord, he stinketh. He he's, he was well past the burial. He, he was well dead. There was no way it seemed, and Lazarus was there. And in fact, the Bible tells us that we have that, that appointed end. And in Psalm chapter ninety, quickly turn there with me. Psalm chapter ninety, verse nine says, "For all our days are passed away in thy wrath." We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us. So he concludes, because of these things, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Saying, teach us that to to be able to number some things that that means that there's a measure to it. It doesn't mean it's it's endless, there means there's a there's an end point. And so Lazarus, he had come to that appointed end, and he that was a circumstance we all face. The, the Bible tells us for all had have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the, the wages of sin is death. The, the reality of death is evidence of the fact that. There was, a, there was a point where sin entered into the world at Ad, uh, when Adam chose to sin. And because of that, because we're of the lineage of Adam, then we're all fallen, we're all sinners in the sight of God, and death is upon us. Lazarus, though, was also well loved by Jesus. And, and I want to tell you, even though we're the, in the reality of death, th- this is another reality that we're under, that Jesus loves us. You see, the Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Lazarus was known to Jesus. He knew of His death. And, and Lazarus was loved by Jesus. And in the first place, the only reason God came to earth was because He loved us. You know, we, we celebrate Christmas at the end of the year and we look at the, the birth of Christ. You know, there's great significance to that because He was willing to come to this forsaken world, to come to this sinful world and be amongst those that, that were sinners. Why? Because He was willing to then die for them. See, in First John 4.10, the Bible says this, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know what that word means? Is peace offering. He, he made Him to be the offering for us who knew no sin. And I want to tell you, that is love. You know, we go around, and the reality we're under is that, is that Jesus willingly laid down his life for us. See, so he says in John five eight, for God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And this morning, that's the reality we're under. Whether you're you've already believed or not, the reality is Jesus loved you enough that he laid down his life for you and I. Herein is love that a man laid down his life for his friends, and yet more of those his enemies. And so, so, that was Lazarus's circumstance. And you know what? Lazarus was going to glorify God, it was a call to respond to. And in verse 40, go with me, John 11, verse 40. Notice here so they come to the, the grave site now, it was a cave, the Bible says. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. And so they take it away. Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? And when they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus Had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" But he was—he was trying to help them understand, you know, the delay and all of that, the, the allowance for death. It was for the glory of God. See, Lazarus had to die to glorify God. See, it's true of us that He calls us to a life of dying to self before we can glorify Him. In fact, the Bible tells us in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Listen, if you're saved this morning, if you've already believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted in Him for your salvation, then listen, this is an impetus for us to live again, to live for Him. In Romans 6, 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You imagine the 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 dead Lazarus hearing that call. Imagine the new lease on life he got. You know, we go through we go through times where you know we feel like we've survived something. And boy, I've, I've met people who, you know, they've survived accidents and they, they've come through and they always say, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I've got a new lease on life. I've got a perspective. And can you imagine if, if you weren't just nearly dead, you were actually dead and then you got resurrected. Imagine the new lease on life Lazarus would have had. In fact, we tell, we see that later on. He was a bit of the talk of the town in chapter 12. They, they, they go, they want to see him, this guy who was, Raised again, and listen—that's the—that's the—that's what we're supposed to be as as Christians this morning. If you're saved, God's given you a new lease on life. In fact, He's given you a new life in Christ, and we ought to walk in newness of life. That's not just a good verse for baptism; that's a good verse to live. Many times we go about in the likeness of our former life. And yet God's done a great miracle, it's a call to respond to. And Jesus' response to the circumstance, again, was to point out who He was. He was pointing to the fact that He wasn't merely able to raise up one dead. He was the one that can give life and give life again. He was pointing out that death was no obstacle but but was necessary in demonstrating His power. There's no need for resurrection if there was no death. And you might question, well, why did, why did Jesus have to die? Well, He had to die so He can rise again. He had to die as payment for our, for our sins, and He had to die to, to pay for the atonement. And yet, though, He didn't remain dead, He rose again. And he, he, he came living and amongst His disciples and amongst those, and then He rose up to claim His place on the right hand of the Father, but listen. Not only was this a response to the the condition that Martha found herself, which is the human condition. Not only was this a response to to, to Lazarus's circumstance, one who was made alive again, but this was really a response to his own claims. See, Jesus was only really adding and further evidencing that he had come, what he had come to accomplish. It was to rescue mankind from their hopeless state. You know, if there's something we need in our day today, we need hope. You know, we go around and, and look. we went around Sydney a little bit and people just looked hopeless. It people just miserable. You know, the highlight of their week was they got free trains for two days. <laughs> and I was just going, well, that's nice. I just go through and, and people just need hope. You know, they're, they're looking around and there seemed to be everything else is hopeless but you know mankind needs the real hope see the 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 bible tells us that we have a lively hope living hope his mission was to to, to come to seek and to save that which was lost and my friend you and i we're lost we're the lost that jesus sought and he he comes with resurrection and the life as the answer and no shrine has been made at the tomb. Why? Because He's not there. He is not here for He is risen as He said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. You know, listen. He, he made many claims, but He claimed to be the resurrection and the life. You know, death and hopelessness abounded because of sin. In Romans 5.12, the Bible tells us, For by, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You know, the reality is that we've, we've broken God's law. If you're here this morning and you may not know what that is, listen, it's summarized in the Ten Commandments. One of those commandments is, Thou shalt not bear false witness. That means if we've told a lie before, which if you just said you have never told a lie, you just lied, then the reality is you've broken God's law. In fact, the Bible tells us if you offend at one point, you've offended all. That means we're broken. All the, the Bible tells us we're all sinners, and none of none of, of us is, is exempt from that. In Romans six twenty three, though the, the, the reality is the wages of sin is death. You see, death is without is not without consequence. Death has a uh, sin has a consequence. It's death. You you look around and you see the reality of that. But, you know, the Bible tells us there's a second death that's eternal separation from God in a place called the Lake of Fire. That's the reality of mankind. But, you know, the, the Lord Jesus, He demonstrated that He is the resurrection of the life. And you know what? The good news is this. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, I was seven years old when I understood that truth. I remember sitting there with my grandma, and my grandma would often read me scriptures, but she was concerned about my soul, um, she wasn't. She didn't really know when she was going to see me again. That was in the Philippines. We were moving here to Australia. So, as I sat there, she told me, "Hey, um, Jesus loves you." And she opened the scriptures with me. She helped me understand, as a seven-year-old boy, that I was guilty of sin, and I knew that because I was naughty. <laughs> and, and and you know, I understood that because I knew, before a holy God, as seven years old, that I was guilty. And right there, I understood that though that Jesus in his love for me, he came to this world to die on my stead on the cross of Calvary. He bled and he suffered and he died. But I understood also that he rose again the third day. And right there, I trusted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I bowed my head. I asked God to save me. And the Bible says, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, the Bible doesn't tell us to do good works. The Bible doesn't say, well, accomplish what Jesus accomplished. No, it's done. Jesus accomplished it all already. It's not about being religious. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is not about what we can do. It's not about what, what we can achieve. It's not about how religious we can be. No, it's about the fact that Jesus already did it. And this morning, the offer for you because it's true you're in the condition that Martha's in you've grieved you've seen death we we all have known the a Lazarus maybe someone who was and now has been given a new lease on life and maybe there's someone here you used to know who you know just lived the way the world lived and had no power over sin had, had just just a And yet you saw their life transformed. They've been given a new lease on life. You know who did that? They didn't do that. Jesus did that. I'll tell you now, my life would be way different as a seven-year-old if I never trusted Christ as my Savior. I don't know what kind of sins I would have gotten into. I don't know what kind of trouble else. I don't know, but I knew this. If I didn't trust Christ, I had an eternity in hell. I was going to be separated from God forever. That, That put a fear in my heart, and I had to call out for help. You know, you can't save someone who doesn't know they're drowning. And maybe this morning you just realized you're in that condition because you're a sinner yourself. Listen, there needs to be a time. And Jesus came to be a willing sacrifice in order to pay the penalty of sin. He says again, God commendeth his love toward us. You know that word commendeth means he proved. He proved to you and I his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, he didn't have to die for us. He chose to die for us. He willingly laid down his life. Why? Because he loves us. And Jesus came to show that he was God and that he could overcome death. You know, we read early at the beginning of our of our time together this morning in First Corinthians fifteen. But I want to read the this particular verse in verse 20, 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. In verse 19, he says, if In this life only we have hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable. You know, the whole argument in 1 Corinthians 15 is the, the truth of the resurrection. And because of that, he says in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And you know what? Jesus arose to give you and I new life. The Bible tells us in, in 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And there was a. I hope there's a point in your life where, where God gave you new life. I hope there's a point in your life that you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You looked to Him and you, you did say, You said you are this and you are that. You said you're a saviour and you are a saviour. I hope that there was a time where you trusted the Lord. and You know, we have hope, power and victory today because he arose. Now the question remains, believest thou this? You know, the the only thing you need to do is to turn and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that that's that's the greatest day that you can have. I want to tell you also that the Bible says... Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what the day may bring forth. The, the Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. You know, don't don't come to a place where it's too late. We're driving from Sydney, and, you know, to be honest, we left a little late. We slept in. And uh, we were driving down the Pacific Highway, heading to, heading home to Brisbane and Within an hour, well, actually less than an hour. Within half an hour of our trip, right as we got onto the motorway, there was a three-car accident. It was bad, and no doubt these folks were doing like everyone else. They were going on holiday, probably going for the Easter weekend. They had plans, and we, we drove past when we finally got past there, and we saw there was a, it was a it was a bad one. It was a lady. She was in shock. She was running between two, both cars. There was a body there. Tried to shield the, the kids' eyes. We didn't point out to it too much, but I noticed it. And I, I just thought, eternity beckons. I felt sorry. Often when we drive, drive past, we, I just say a quick prayer for those involved. And I just hope that, that they knew. But listen, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. And, and I'm not... I'm not just trying to scare you. I'm trying to help you have reality. And I, I'm, But the reality is we don't know. And so why, why, why not just make sure? Why not make sure that you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? You know, Martha's declaration is found in, in John 11, verse 27, where she simply, simply says, Yea, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into this world. And that's all she declared. And that's all you need to declare. If you truly believe with your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, the Bible says you shall be saved. And hopefully today is the day if you're not. Uh, a preacher of yesterday said it. He said, Oh, that God would open men's eyes that they might see that they might detect the grand sweep and power of his testimony to himself in his word, or that he would take away the terrible blindness of men's minds. How has he taken away the blindness of your minds, my friends? Do you know the risen Christ today as your Savior and your Lord? If you do not yet know him, will you now before him at this hour and say, My Lord and my God, believest thou this? And will you respond now? To Jesus' claim today, will you recognize that he is indeed the resurrection and the life? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you and Lord, just again thankful for all that you've done. Lord, thankful today that we can celebrate the reality of the resurrection. And Lord, more than that, be a part of it. Be, Be part of those that will rise again one day. And I'm thankful, dear Lord, that, that we have this great truth of your word. And yet, Lord, the, the, the great truth of the gospel is, is worthy to ask right now, Believest thou this? And I pray today that if there's anyone here that's without you, Lord, that you would convict them of their need of you and that today will be the day that they would trust you as their Savior. We, every, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. you're a guest of our church this is simply a time that we call the invitation it's just a time that we would respond to the 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 preaching of the word of God we would ask that as the piano plays we're just going to have a time of quietness right now and if we could have every head bowed every eye closed the piano is going to begin to play I want to ask you just a couple of questions and if you could respond just with an uplifted.